0: It's In My queue, the podcast where we talk about TV pilots. I'm Kara.
1: And I'm Medina.
0: And today we're talking about Teen
1: Wolf. Woo, so this is, we actually almost talked about this show on our friend John and Pat's podcast a few weeks ago, months ago, I don't know what time it is. They, uh, kind of the premise of their podcast is about like music and film and stuff. And media in general. And they asked us, what's a piece of media that you guys first initially bonded over when you became friends? And Kara and I were racking our brains. So we were really trying to think <laughs> about it. Um, we met in undergrad, our freshman year. We became friends like pretty quickly. And we couldn't really remember bonding over any one thing. We just generally shared tastes of a lot of TV shows and movies that we liked. And yeah. And I think we both mutually found that the other person's opinions were not annoying. <laughs> and <like> that. <laughs> um, But one show that we could remember, and specifically in our freshman year, given the time frame that we talked about, he, I think Kara was like the only other person I had met in real, in my real life. Not, not that other people don't watch the show, but like out of the people I know, Kara was the first person that I was befriending that liked Teen Wolf. Yes. <laughs> So Teen Wolf ran from 2011 to 2017 on MTV, the rare MTV scripted show, Uh, and it is definitely aimed at a young audience, teen, young adult audience, which is fine. There's, you know, that is a genre of show, and we happened to be in the the exact, you know, target demographic as it was airing. And you know Mm -hmm. what? It was fun. I followed it, not really like week to week. I think I followed it week to week briefly for like around the end of season three, Um, Mm -hmm. but mostly I think I got like the DVDs from the library, um, for, to catch up on seasons one and two, because I, I think I saw gifts on Tumblr and I was like, I like shows. Like I like charmed, you know, I like these supernatural shows and this one's about young people. Maybe I'll like it. And I was honest. I remember being surprised at how good the first few seasons were like, even at that age, like, I don't think my standards were super high, but I remember being like, Oh, this is like pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then I followed it for a while. And then I definitely I think I was watching week to week when season four started and abandoned it because it started (laughs) getting really bizarre in season four. That's a different conversation. But overall, it's just it's a surprisingly solid little charming teen supernatural show. Kara, how did you come to the show? What were your initial
0: thoughts? So this is another show that I actually found due to my dad. Like I feel like I've mentioned before, he will kind of tune into any supernatural thing. And he also remembered the Teen Wolf movie from like the 80s with Michael J. Fox. So he was kind of tuning in for that. I started watching season one when it hit Netflix and I was like super into it. This is what kicked off my long-term crush on Dylan O'Brien. Uh, So I appreciate the show for that as well. (laughs) I just remember having a lot of fun with it. Um, I don't, I also don't really think I knew, I think I maybe knew one other person in high school that was also watching Teen Wolf. I watched, I think all the way up until season three, maybe started season four, said to myself, this is getting a little ridiculous. And so I kind of fell off watching it weekly because I did watch it weekly from season two on as it was Mm -hmm. airing since it was a summer show it like came out in like june so i wasn't doing anything so i would stay up and watch it
1: the show is based on a movie from 1985 called teen wolf the premise of the film and the premise of the show are rather similar um they're both about you know a young teen boy who is a werewolf and the powers bring him some unexpected benefits in school and with his sports but then there are also some differences um both protagonists are named scott scott in the film plays basketball scott in the series plays lacrosse in both he has a friend named styles though the those characters are a little bit different in the film he uh actually inherits his werewolf traits from his father whereas mm-hmm. in the show scott is bitten which we will talk about later they're they they do not directly share any continuity it's not like we talked about Buffy a few weeks ago. And even though the movie Buffy the Vampire Slayer is not directly connected to the show, they did kind of sort of acknowledge it as a prequel. They kind of implied that, you know, the events of the movie had happened to Buffy and the before the show started, even though it's not explicit and a different actor played her, but like it was implied, this is not the case with Teen Wolf. It's, um, you know, it, it is completely separate, but it's just the same premise. In 2009, MTV announced that they were planning to adapt the movie into a live action series um it previously had an animated series adaptation and cbs like a couple of years after the movie came out but that was brief so they announced this in 2009 and then they brought on jeff davis um to be the the creator on the showrunner jeff davis was already known for creating and running criminal minds which is a pretty damn successful show that began in uh 2005 uh he sold i the didn't Pirate know Hill. that was him
0: yeah, isn't that weird? I look at it I was weird. like, <laughs> um, "Criminal Minds and Teen Wolf." Okay. Well, Jeff Davis is on my shit list, but we can talk about that later.
1: <laughs> I don't remember a lot of detail from the Teen Wolf fandom, so I'm not going to go in deep into it because I don't want I don't want get Teen Wolf fans in our mentions <laughs> correcting <laughs> us. Um, I'm not going to say things that I'm not sure they're true, but I remember hearing some questionable decisions he made, questionable things he said while the show was airing. And also some recent stuff. We're not going to go fully into that. He's not just Whedon. But the point is, clearly a successful TV writer. He made a really successful show that ran for 15 seasons. Like, that's nothing to sneeze at. But then he was like, hell yeah, I will write this show about Teen Wolf. It seemed like he was pretty down to adapt the movie. But he did want to make it a little bit darker. Because the movie's a bit goofy. It's a bit comedic. Um, and the show does have funny moments. But he, he wanted to go for a darker little bit more of a horror thriller tone. He wanted a little bit more of the vibe of The Lost Boys, which is another 80s teen horror movie about vampires. And I would say, yeah, the tone of that is pretty similar to Teen Wolf, at least, you know, the early seasons. Um, He also, another influence was he wanted to pay homage to Stand By Me. Um, He Like, you know, how the group of kids goes in the woods searching for a body and then find something else beyond what they bargained for and that that's how the pilot starts which we'll talk about in a minute so he clearly had some he had a clear vision of like the themes and the tone he was gonna he was trying to go for but otherwise it does follow the general premise of the movie which is a teen wolf a teen werewolf so you know it's um you know it's, it's a pretty easy sell the show was shot in atlanta mostly although it does take place in california um, the casting was announced in 2010, shortly before the series came out in summer 2011. Uh, the main cast is composed of Tyler Posey, Dylan O'Brien, Tyler Hecklin, Crystal Reed, Holland Roden, and Colton Haynes in the first season. And they all are, I think none of them were that, like, famous before this. They this were all was fairly, Dylan
0: O'Brien's first role.
1: Yeah. Like, they're all pretty young. And I, that's one of the things I do appreciate about the show is they, they also are all very attractive. The show casts very attractive people. But it's true. unlike some other shows, we're not going to name names. Unlike some other shows, they found attractive people who can act, especially Tyler Posey and Dylan O'Brien, like also the others, but especially those two are just very good at authentically playing teens. Like they mm-hmm. really do feel like kids. So, I mean, credit to them, because that's not always easy. Even if you're 20, like, you know, that's not yeah. always easy. And yeah, they, they can act. It was like a good ensemble. So it's like, I even found some quotes from reviewers that are like, you know, this feels like it belongs on the CW, but also they found a better group of young people than some of those shows. <laughs> so I think the casting really does help this show shine.
0: Another fun fact is that Tyler Posey, it plays J-Lo's son in Made in Manhattan. Um, which is another thing I saw him in. It's like when he's a little boy, he was precious in it.
1: Yeah. And the show overall, like, I mean, we all know, no one's pretending this is Breaking Bad, but, (laughs) but it's, it was well-received with its intended audience. You know, it was quite popular with teens. It's not, it wasn't competing for like Emmys or anything, but it did pretty well at like People's Choice Awards, Teen Choice Awards, Saturn Awards, all those awards that are like more focused on like genre shows and or fan reception. Um, yeah. actually it got a love, a lot of love from those. Um, they also got some acknowledgement. Um, Tyler Posey got an Alma award and was nominated for an Imogen award, um, for being a Latino lead actor, which is also nice. Um, but yeah, so it got, you know, it got recognition in its little niches, even though it's not like prestige television. And like, I think that's important too. Like that's, you know, sometimes it's about just knowing exactly what you're about and yeah. being the best in your genre. So yeah, like critics, you know, it's not like critics were raving about it, but the general response was like, this is fun and it's good at, at the genre that it is. Um, Seasons two and three got the the most positive reception out of the show generally, which I pretty much agree with. Um, The show, I mean, definitely was successful enough to run for six seasons based on its popularity and based on the continued popularity, they have recently announced last year that there's going to be a reunion film on Paramount+ a so-called reunion film that's going to be missing some of the major actors um, it's going to be missing Dylan O'Brien because he is far more successful than anyone else
0: in this he, cast he's a movie star now
1: yeah I mean I guess Tyler Hecklin's doing pretty well for himself too
0: but yeah I think that those that two and also Arden Cho is actually yeah. she's like getting cast and yeah. things so well. Arden Cho was not in season one but she was like my favorite addition to the show she's excellent And And she's also
1: not returning for the movie because they offered her way less money than everybody else. So she said, screw you, I'm not joining you. And good for her.
0: Good for her. And yes, good for her. And also, fuck that, considering she's the only woman of color in the cast. Yeah. And they tried to lowball her like that. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's probably not going to be great, given that. And also, I don't even know what they would do in a reunion. It's like, everyone's so much older now. It's not like there was really unfinished stuff from the series. And, like, I feel like the only appeal of a reunion would be if everybody was back. Yeah, when they announced that- Tyler Posey looks so different now. Like, I can't look at Tyler Posey now and not think of his fucking OnlyFans videos.
0: My thing is, um, when I heard they were announcing this, I, like, didn't even- feign interest because i was like dylan o'brien is not answering that phone call and he's what i would go to the reunion for yet i saw so many people on twitter when it was finally announced being like actually upset that dylan o'brien wasn't going to be in it i was like what did you think did you think he's busy yeah and tyler hecklin's got his cw show he's off playing superman yeah he's gonna be Um,
1: superman for the foreseeable future he's getting that dc extended universe money you know he's gonna be fine
0: yeah, he doesn't need this. Yeah, also I don't understand spoiler. I don't understand how you're bringing Crystal Reed back. Yeah, I was a little
1: confused when I saw because, I mean, it's a supernatural show. Uh-huh. Spoiler alert for people that might watch Teen Wolf, but you would see this if you're looking at the cast anywhere Crystal Reed exits the show in season mm-hmm. 3 by manner of dying. <laughs> um, And so it's a supernatural show. I guess they could, like, they could bring her back. She could be revived. She could be a ghost. There could be flashbacks. It could be some sort of creature that's a clone of her and it's not really Allison. Like, there are ways they could do it. It's just, they could.
0: It's just just, weird. We're going to watch this just for for shits and giggles and be like, what the fuck is going on? I mean, if
1: it's streaming, like, if it's on Paramount Plus and we're not paying money for it, like, you know? Yeah.
0: That'll be interesting. Maybe we'll live tweet it. Maybe we'll live tweet. We
1: always say we're going to live tweet things, then we don't. We really need to get better
0: at that. I think we actually should for this one.
1: Great. So now we can segue into our pilot episode. The pilot is called Wolf Moon. It was directed by Russell Mulcahy and written by Jeff Davis, Jeff with a P-H, Loeb, and Matthew Wiseman, and it aired on June 5th, 2011. Uh, it begins in the woods. There's police and police dogs they are clearly searching for something. So it right away drops us into that setting. It's a very brief scene, but it just kind of orients us to this is going to be a dark show, kind of horror vibes, um, you know, police searching for stuff at night. Then we go to Scott's house. Scott played by Tyler Posey. He is our protagonist. He is a teen boy in his bedroom. He's stringing his <laughs> lacrosse stick, but he is doing some pull-ups like, it's not really like, this show does a lot of like, I wrote in my notes, this is not that sexy yet because this show does a lot of shirtless scenes and like, you know, sexualization of the men on the show. That's kind of what it's about. But at this point, like it's not gratuitous or like sexy gazy in the scene. The reason I mention that is because that changes later. <laughs> um, so it was interesting to me that like the tone of this scene didn't feel sexy. And then, so he hears something outside and he goes downstairs with a baseball bat and then it's a boy, like he, uh, th- like coming down from like the roof onto the porch, he's like hanging upside down, kind of like a vampire, is another teen boy. This is Styles, who is Scott's best friend. And he's like, guess what? I just heard from my dad. His dad is the police sheriff and Styles snoops on all of his calls. Um, Styles is like, I heard the police are searching for a dead body in the woods, but guess what? It is only half the body of a young (laughs) woman. So obviously we need to go look for the other half and find it before the police do. And Scott's like, that does not seem like a good idea. Styles says, nah, this is just too cool. We're going.
0: Styles, being a little mini detective, never has any sort of thought of what they're going to get into. He's just like, yeah, he wants to know everything. I love him for it.
1: Yes. So they head over to the Beacon Hills Preserve, uh, which is the name of like the local woods. Um, They live in Beacon Hills, California. Uh, They arrive in Styles's Jeep. His Jeep is very much an iconic vehicle on this show, as you will see. Um, and Scott's like, Hey, can we keep this brief? I really want to go to sleep and get some good rest because we have lacrosse tryouts tomorrow. And styles just laughs at him. Like, you're not going to, you're not going to make it anyway. Um, Scott really wants to make it onto first line, which is like, you know, the, the people that actually play and styles is like, that's not going to happen anyway. Like keep dreaming. (laughs) bud. as they're walking, uh, Scott pulls out his inhaler. He has pretty bad asthma and he has to use his inhaler a lot and he's using it as they uh, are going. Um, they see the police kind of searching in front of them with their flashlights and they, they, they have to like duck and hide and try not to get seen because they're not supposed to be there. <laughs> they're like in an active crime scene. But then the police dogs kind of get wind of them and they catch Styles. but Scott ducks behind a tree. And then the police comes out and Sheriff Stilinski, who is Styles's dad, catches styles in the act and he's like disappointed but not surprised so it's pretty obvious that (laughs) styles does shit like this a lot he's like where's your partner in crime where's scott he knows that styles is not gonna do something stupid like this without scott but styles is also a bro he does not sell out his friend he's like nope i came alone and scott's hiding behind a tree trying not to be seen his dad like doesn't believe him but also can't see scott so he's like whatever go home and then we're going to have a talk about privacy after this. I'm like, it's not just invasion of privacy. This is like, he's interfering in like police business. Although what I like is I feel like the cop dad could be a lot more of a jerk and abusive about it, but Sheriff sure, yeah. Stolinski is
0: actually a very good guy. And he he really cares for Styles. Maybe that's another example of insidious propaganda.
1: Yeah, I guess maybe it is. I mean, Sheriff Stilinski does not spend a lot of time in this series doing regular police stuff. He spends most of his time fighting supernatural things. But I guess we could debate about, is it still just giving us an overall easy-to-digest portrayal of police, whether or not it's depicting him being a good cop, quote-unquote, in, like, actual real-world settings?
0: Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't, like, purposeful. Yeah. But it's there you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, I don't recall there really being, are there any bad cops in this series? Cause there's also like Lieutenant Parrish later. He's also a nice guy.
0: Yeah, no, there's not. And I mean, Scott's dad is FBI, right?
1: Oh, and he's a dick. Yeah. And he sucks. <laughs> um... <laughs> that's, that's our discussion question for you all this week. Do you think a portrayal like Sheriff Stelinski in a show that's not fully about cops, but just shows a cop being a really good person and not necessarily doing a lot of copy stuff is that still propaganda? think about it discuss let us know your thoughts if you have thoughts
0: i think it is
1: <laughs> yeah i think it's a different flavor i think it's a different flavor of it okay so yes sheriff stolinski takes styles home um so now scott's i mean he wasn't caught but now he's left alone in the woods so i don't know if that's any better like yeah, what was what was the sheriff that. gonna do to him anyway? Like he just took Styles home. He That's just my Scott thing. Home. Like now, I
0: Scott's guess maybe lost he would have told ride. Scott's mom. Mm, maybe he didn't true. want that. I
1: guess. So Scott's now alone in the woods, and it's dark. And also, there was allegedly a dead body out here, and something allegedly killed, or something or someone allegedly killed this girl. So Scott starts to look a little bit freaked out. He's alone in the woods, um, and he's trying to find his way back to the road. Um, And then he turns his head because there's like a sound, a whole bunch of deer and like elk suddenly stampede through the woods and they look freaked out. They look like they are running from something and they kind of knock Scott to the ground. He drops his inhaler and then he's trying to find it. He's trying to grab it because like he needs that. And then he spots this creepy blurry black wolf shaped thing. The visual effects in season one are not amazing. We will address that now. They didn't have a big budget. It is what it is. We can forgive it. Um, It's a weird little wolf looking thing. And it looks a little stupid. (laughs) (laughs) And it looks at Scott and then it chases him and he tries to run, but this is clearly a supernatural creature. It kind of tackles him down and it bites him. And then Scott, you know, barely manages to escape, but he loses his inhaler. And he finally makes it back to the road. Oh shoot. Oh no, I did this a little out of order. He actually, before the wolf attacks him, he is running and he stumbles into on the ground. He sees half of a woman's body, the top half of a woman's body. And it's clearly it's massacred, terrible. bit into pieces. There's It's starting to decompose. It was gross. And then he's so scared. And then the wolf sees him and then bites him. And this is just a lot of terrifying things all at once. This is very much like the horror vibe of the show coming through. I wouldn't call this a horror show overall, but it has moments. Um, yeah, I feel like that.
0: There are a couple of episodes that actually genuinely did freak me out, but other than those, it's like it's just dark more so than yeah. scary.
1: Yeah. So Scott finally makes it down to the road, and so he can at least like kind of walk, find his way back home. Um, but he he clutches his side, and then he lifts up his shirt to show us he has a gigantic bite on his torso from this wolf thing, like a big ass bite mark. Um, and he's like shit but at least he's alive so you know then we get the titles that's the end of the teaser is that Scott has been we do not get the theme music in this no, episode which was so sad like to season me
0: season two
1: I know it's so weird to me that it doesn't come until season two the theme music for this show
0: goes off it really does it's so yeah. good it's so that's, good it's not one you skip.
1: Then we cut to bright and sunny day at school. Now this was our, it's like our typical high school opening scene. And one thing I liked about watching this pilot was it felt like it was, it was doing really well to service both the supernatural genre and the teen genre without feeling too cliche. Like it hit all the beats it needed to hit, but none of it felt too, too cliche. Like they found ways to be slightly fresh on all of it, which I really liked. So yeah, it's our classic. We're at school scene. Like, scott almost uh stumbles into this really fancy car that's in the parking lot and then this really you know attractive like jock looking boy gets out and he's like hey mccall like watch the paint job This is which i would
0: like to say that was jackson's fault he hit the car door on scott yes so he (laughs) should be watching his own paint job yes but it's also
1: establishing for us that jackson is a dick yes uh, which he is so he's you know our popular jock boy asshole that tells us all of that in one line very efficient and then scott greets styles It's like oh you like what happened last night and then scott's like i got bit by a wolf <laughs> and then, yeah and i lost my inhaler and styles like styles says well no you didn't get bit by a wolf this is him being kind of an asshole he's like no it wasn't a wolf there's no wolves in california he's being like a know-it-all And Scott's like, well, it really looked kind of like a wolf. And also I heard a wolf howling and Styles is like, no way. Like you were imagining something It's definitely not a wolf, but you know, Scott shows like the bandage on his side. He's got a bandage over it, but you can see the blood soaking through. But then Scott says, oh, you know what else? I I found the top half of that girl's body and that gets (laughs) Styles excited. He's like, now we're talking, let's go and find it again tonight and let's see it. Then as they're talking, this very pretty uh, redhead girl just walks by them and Styles kind of looks at her and he's like, hey, Lydia, like, how are you doing today? Oh, you're just going to ignore me again. She doesn't say a word. So again, this tells us very efficiently, this is a cliche setup, but it tells it to us very efficiently. Lydia is the pretty girl that Styles has a crush on. She does not give him the time of day. There we go. It's very much
0: giving... Very much giving Seth talking about summer in the OC pilot before he yeah. like even actually officially met her.
1: Yeah, Seth <laughs> Seth and Styles do have similar vibes. They really yeah. do. Yeah. Then Scott goes to class. He's in English class. And I found this an interesting detail. The book they were learning about in English class was Kafka's Metamorphosis. Oh yeah. I was like interesting thematic I like when they do the the it's not important to the plot or anything but like they pick the little uh book that's a little thematically relevant to what's going on in the pilot yeah Scott's in class but then all of a sudden he hears a cell phone go off but it's like way too loud and he like kind of cringes and he but no one else seems to hear it and he looks around and he's like I don't know and then he hears someone talking and it seems really loud to him and he can't pinpoint where it's coming from and then he looks out the window and he sees there's a girl on her cell phone outside the school like over 100 feet away and through the window but he can hear what she's saying and she's on the phone with her mom saying like yeah i'll be okay blah 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 it's her first day at this school and then scott just kind of watches and he's a little confused he's like he doesn't know why he can hear this but he watches like an administrator or somebody greet the girl outside and then start you know bringing her into the school And then, like, he watches and he's listening and he's listening. And I really liked the way this was shot, actually. And then a few Uh seconds later, she walks into the classroom. um, And Scott's like, oh, my gosh, she's going to this classroom. And none of this is explicit. But, like, you can tell this was a great way of just, like, letting the actor sell the moment, not letting anything, not overwriting it. You can tell Scott is both confused about what's going on, but also he thinks this girl is pretty. So she walks in and she um, comes in and takes the seat behind Scott oh and while she was on the phone she was also looking through her bag and then she said to herself oh my god I forgot a pen like who doesn't have a pen on their first day of school and so she sits down and Scott without saying a word he pulls out a pen and offers it to her and she takes it okay
0: stay with me here okay this for some reason as I was watching this this reminded me of like the reverse of the scene in Twilight where Edward and Bella see each other for the first time Without the, you know, Edward thinking that Bella smells. But Uh, it it felt like this because, like, since vampires also have mm heightened senses, he probably, like, heard her coming in beforehand and then sees her. They have that moment of connection, although Mm -hmm. it's not nice in that instance. And then she, like, comes to sit down because that's the only place she can sit down. It was really giving those vibes. And I was like, I'm going to bring this this up. This is honestly...
1: I love this as a meet cute. It's so subtle. It is not overwritten. And yet it lets both of the characters just shine. It's like, there's like nice little people. I really, I actually yeah. really like Scott and Allison. Um, This girl's name Allison. Too. They just are cute. They're like full stop. Cute. They're just cute. They don't overstep anything. They don't like go overdraw. Like, and this is the beginning of their relationship. He just gives her the pen. She takes it. She smiles. They don't say a word.
0: That's all. I also love the little moment where she's like, wait I needed a pen what? yeah she like makes a face
1: she but yes that's, that's why I love all this the fact that it's all done like without extra unnecessary lines like they just mm-hmm. you could very much take this scene and overwrite it but you could they trusted the actors to sell the full story here I know this sounds like a lot of phrase for a small scene but I'm just saying like it's the it little thing so
0: cute it's the little things just,
1: that help as- things shine
0: yeah, as a, like a lover of meat cutes, this mm-hmm. was very cute,
1: and it felt a little different than your typical teen show. I don't know, like not not wildly different, but like I remember seeing this and being like, like, oh, that's nice. That doesn't feel like I've exactly seen this before.
0: Well, yeah, oh. we haven't we haven't talked about Riverdale yet, but I feel like I'm gonna slightly compare this to mm-hmm. some things in Riverdale. You mentioned how um it's less like when uh Scott is shirtless in this um season it's like less Mm -hmm. about it being sexy Mm -hmm, but then mm -hmm. like the first few times that you see Archie in Riverdale's pilot it's like it is that kind of sexy thing because like Kevin Keller is at Betty's house and they look across the way and they're like oh my god Archie got hot um and their meet cute is like and I feel like Archie's meet cute with Veronica is like a lot more about oh my god hot person yeah it's like very different juxtaposed with this yeah. which is just like she's a little moment of
1: connection yeah oh and also when she walked into class i think the teacher or somebody introduced her as Allison argent so we did get her name and anybody who speaks french just maybe figured out a spoiler for the end of this episode <laughs> <laughs> more on that later if you don't speak french <laughs> <laughs> um so then they're out in the hallway a classic little hallway scene of scott and styles are together allison gets approached by lydia and scott's like standing far away but again he can still he's like hearing allison's conversation from far away he's not really questioning why this is happening yet but he's like i would like to listen um yeah he's like this is
0: convenient
1: (laughs) yeah lydia goes up to allison and like compliments her jacket and like where'd you get it and she's like i got it from san francisco because she just moved here um and then lydia's like you are my new best friend because you have good clothes you know just just girly things <laughs> um i i would like to see a teen show where girls like bond at first meeting and it's like not about fashion sense maybe um cuz that is a bit cliche it happens um, a lot yeah i mean this was written by men so i guess we can't hold it against them now but then jackson also comes over and allison's talking to both lydia and jackson and scott's listening in and then styles and this other random black girl who's apparently a friend of theirs and only exists in this one scene
0: again <laughs> i literally i didn't remember this and she walked up and i was yeah. like who the fuck is this there's like three black characters on this show pre- i like had them. to take a moment to think about it but i'm pretty sure the answer is three And she is not one of them.
1: I feel like that's also a a cliche in its own right is the the random Black girl character that appears in like one or maybe a couple episodes of the first season of something because they need some exposition to be delivered. And they're like, let's make it diverse as if that counts. Um, And that is never (laughs) seen again. Oh my god. It's, it's sadly, once you're looking for it, it is astonishing how often that it's happens. It's
0: wild. Also, I have to point out the fact that Jackson and Lydia aggressively made out when Jackson walked over oh, yeah. to Lydia um, while she was talking to Allison. I feel like to say it. I'm just like
1: going to just gonna say it. It's giving compet. <laughs> it's giving compet for both of them. I, I'm pretty darn sure that Lydia and Jackson are bearding for each other <laughs> in season one. Are, like can anybody fight me on this no you can't um, well not given how it ends no lydia was specifically dating this guy that was gay like you're like you're not you're not telling me she actually mm, she knew she's a smart girl she knew what she was doing with jackson anyway this is not the time for my allison lydia takes back on topic <laughs> back on topic <laughs> basically like this other girl points out to styles and scott of like wow the new girl's already friends with lydia martin how'd that happen i guess fashion sense is, is the answer like um, on buffy yeah literal literally anyway jackson and lydia tell allison about this party that the lacrosse team is throwing and the lacrosse team is the big popular team at the school jackson's like not the football team the lacrosse team's the real team here like we win all the championships. And this is another little detail that, like, I like that it's lacrosse and
0: not football. It's just
1: a yeah. little different. It's a little fun. It's like, we, I haven't seen this a million times.
0: And it could have taken place in Maryland if you wanted it to, given how into lacrosse they are.
1: But Allison says she can't come to the party. She's like, I have a family thing. I, I can't go. Sorry. And they're like, well, whatever. Like, you'll regret it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then they invite her to come and watch lacrosse practice. Which right sounds now. just
0: deathly boring to it me. It does sound
1: deathly boring. And Allison did not really seem excited about it to her credit, but I mean, she's a new girl at school. Maybe she just wants to talk to, to Lydia more, you know, like That's it's valid. just like, her sitting and talking to Lydia. So like yeah. Mm-hmm. Scott kind of smiles a little bit at that because he's like, oh, she's going to come watch practice. I will be at practice.
0: <laughs> good. Which um, is also funny considering that Scott is apparently allegedly not good at lacrosse. Yeah but he
1: just, he just wants her to be around. That's why I like Scott. He's not like he every all of his interactions with Allison. they don't feel like, like you can tell he's into her, but it doesn't feel like an ulterior motive. It doesn't feel like he's mm-hmm. doing all this stuff because he's like, I need to get her to like me. It just feels like he genuinely is happy to be around her and happy to help yeah. her.
0: It's, um, it's cute.
1: On topic, we're at lacrosse practice. This is the first time we get to meet our coach, played by Orny Adams. And he is a supporting character that lasts throughout the whole series. And he he is great. He understands. He's one of the right. best.
0: <laughs> he is one of he is so funny.
1: So this coach gives a little speech about like today we're gonna figure out who's gonna make first line and who gets to sit on the bench all year. Whatever, whatever. You know, stock scenario, but we get the point. Scott sees that Allison is watching she's in the stands so not only does he want to make first line because he wants to make first line but also now a pretty girl is watching so he can't embarrass himself so the coach asks him to go in goal for like the warm-ups and Scott's like well I'm not a goalie and the coach is like yeah well I want I want people to score get some early shots in so that builds our confidence <laughs> I was just going
0: to interject to say this one line that Scott says which is very high school show <laughs> He says to Styles, I can't sit out again. My whole life is sitting on the sidelines, Um, which I wrote down because I was like, oh, sweet baby. That's where I was like getting excited about how teen high school this is, even though it is a supernatural show. And that's one of the things that is fun about it. It
1: blends it very well. So yeah, so Scott gets in goal and it's set up to be very embarrassing for him. And meanwhile, Allison's watching and she turns to Lydia and she's like, oh, like, Like, who's that? Like, she seems a little interested in him too. He gave her a pen. It was weird, but also nice. Um, But, and so Scott can hear this and he's like a little distracted, but then coach blows the whistle and it is very, very loud to Scott's sensitive hearing and it distracts him. And then somebody launches a shot and it catches him right in the face. It's pretty embarrassing. He looks pretty Mm -hmm. stupid, but then he regroups and he's like, I'm going to try my best. And then more people keep shooting on the goal and he blocks the next one and he blocks a lot more shots. He is doing really, really well and everybody starts to notice. Um, so Jackson steps up, it's his turn to shoot. And he looks he looks furious just at the idea that Scott's doing a little bit well at all. And he sets up for the shot. They do some very dramatic slow-mo as he runs and jumps and takes this very <laughs> aggressive shot. And then Scott blocks it. Um, so Scott's Yay. thrilled, Jackson is pissed. Styles is like, oh my God, what happened? And Scott's like, oh, that that went well. Yay. That night, um, or that afternoon, Scott and Styles go back to the woods and they're looking for well, Styles wants to find the body. He wants Scott to, to lead him to where the body was. Scott mostly just wants to find his inhaler because as he points out, those things are like 80 bucks. And I also appreciate this is another good example of like Scott's family is not well off. He's raised by a single mom who's a nurse, and like You know, they don't like fetishize the poorness or anything, but like they acknowledge it. Like they don't have a lot of money. Mm -hmm. He can't afford to lose that inhaler. Like (laughs) he's really concerned about that. But then he finds the spot. He's like, I'm pretty sure this is where it was, but there is no body there. But then, uh, styles also is like, um, so like at practice, like what was going on? Like you, you have enhanced senses and like enhanced reflexes, like, and Scott's like, yeah, I feel weird. Maybe I caught something from that bite. (laughs) <laughs> and Styles is like, yeah, I think you got lycanthropy. Um and Scott believes and he's like, is that bad? And Styles <laughs> says, it's pretty bad, only once a month on the full moon. Oh and gosh. then Scott finally gets it. He's like, You're a dick. Obviously I'm not a werewolf. And Styles is like, haha of course you're not, but like, you know, maybe you heard a wolf howling, like, and you got bit by something, you know, maybe. So they're looking for the body and it's not there. And then uh, they see a guy just standing there in the woods. And it's like, where did he come from? This guy with dark hair, dark spiky hair and a leather jacket. He's just standing there looking creepy. He's like, why are you here? This is private property. And Scott says, I'm just looking for my inhaler. Darren pulls the inhaler out of his pocket and throws it to Scott. And then he's kind of like, get out of (laughs) here. And then so they're walking away and is like dude didn't you recognize him that's derek hale um so apparently he like went to their school and he's a few years older than them so he's he's like a young adult now maybe like 20 years old or so but he is known in this town because he his whole family the hales have lived in this town for a long time but a few years back their house burned down and almost all of them died in the fire so derek is one of the few (sighs) of the hale family left and kind of sad for him you know maybe i would just stand there broodingly in a leather jacket too um yeah uh so then scott goes to work he works the night shift at a vet clinic another acknowledgement of like he's he needs the money he's not super well off but oh four
0: i forgot this i forgot this black guy four oh yeah um yeah he actually is in this episode not in this episode but he is there
1: throughout the whole series so Scott is kind of closing up at this vet clinic like cleaning up. He takes a minute after he cleans up to uh, look at his wound. He takes off the bandage and he's like he's about to change it or whatever. But when he takes it off, the bite is gone. It is completely gone. There's not a scar. There's not a trace. And he's like, that is weird. Then he goes to uh, feed some cats that they have in their little kitty shelter and all the cats freak the fuck out when Scott walks near. They are hissing, they are screaming and he's like, okay, it's weird. Then there's a knock at the door and outside, it's raining outside and someone's trying to get in. It's Allison saying, someone please help me and she's out in the rain and that's actually that's a, an act break. So then uh, Scott lets her in and he's like, what's going on? She explains that in the rain, um, she accidentally hit a dog with her car and she hurt it, you know, it got hurt and she didn't know what to do. So she put the dog in her car and drove here. And she's like, can you please help this dog? And Scott's like, okay, like come, come inside. They, they get the dog inside. He's like, I'm a vet tech. I can probably like splint the dog's leg and give it some painkillers. And then we'll get it to the real pet tomorrow. And then he also is like, Allison's like wet and cold. And he's like, I have an extra shirt. Here you go. And then, okay, here's the one slightly shady thing that Scott does. <laughs> Allison walks away to change her shirt. And then he sneaks a little peek at like her bare back as she's changing. Why um, didn't she
0: go to the bathroom was my I don't question. Know.
1: I don't know. Maybe she just didn't think Scott would look. Like, it's not that crazy. Like, <laughs> I do like this moment is highlighted though because the dog gives Scott a shady look. <laughs> the dog gives scott a shield oh i missed a, an important beat which was before when scott was getting the dog out of the car it was barking and like freaking out because it's injured and it's it's upset mm-hmm. i scared but then scott looks at the dog and he kind of stares it down and then his eyes glow yellow and then the dog kind of cowers and becomes peaceful hmm i wonder why <laughs> But anyway, so now the dog's chill, but he does he did give Scott a little like commiserating, like shady look. He's like, I, I see you looking at Allison. Don't do that. <laughs> um, and then Scott's like, what? Like, I didn't see anything. <laughs> he, oh re- he answers the dog. Um, um, Allison comes back and she's like, I'm sorry that I was freaking out like a girly girl. I was just a little, you know, stressed out about hitting this dog. She's like, I, I'm a tough girl. I'm not a girly girl. Like, I swear. Yeah, so jot that down. Yeah. So jot that down. I, that also felt a little bit like a written by a man moment to me. It I'm did. like, it I don't, did. I I don't think a girl would say that, but I did like Scott's response though. Scott's like, no, I totally, I would be crying. I would be crying and bawling like, like a little girly girl. I would be so pathetic. And he's just, he's like very earnest. Like, you know, every, mm-hmm. so I think Scott just pulls this off because Tyler Posey portrays him as just so completely earnest that you yeah. can't believe he would ever have ulterior motives.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They they have a little moment. They joke about the dog. Scott's like, You should pet. You should pet because otherwise I think she'll sue you if you don't pet her. I hear this breach <laughs> is very litigious. And I was like, I'm like, Scott, you know what litigious means? Good for you. And then they have a little moment. And then Scott seizes the moment. He says, Like would you like to go to that party with me on Friday? And then she is like oh like yeah and she says yes proving that what she said to the others earlier was a lie she doesn't really have a family thing um she just didn't really want to go to the party with them but she does want to go to the party with scott it seems like things are going pretty darn well for scott but also reminder that earlier styles uh pointed out to him he was joking about scott being a werewolf but he also pointed out the full moon is coming up so um uh, like, how inconvenient Yeah. Yeah. The, the few days around the full moon also are basically the same as the full moon. So Scott's going to bed. We see a basically full moon out of the window. And then when he wakes up, he kind of like rolls over and then he's wakes up on the forest floor and he's shirtless. And he's like, what the fuck? How did I get here? Apparently he just sleepwalked, he thinks. And then he's, he's trying to get out of the woods and find his way back. And it's very foggy. And then he catches another glimpse of that big wolf thing. Um, And he runs and he runs and he runs away until he gets away. And he ends up in some random dude's pool. (laughs) (laughs) The next scene is one of the most iconic scenes of the series. And I forgot this was in the pilot.
0: I was so so excited to get to it. I was so happy to see it.
1: (laughs) Scott's in the locker room getting ready for lacrosse practice another day. And then like slam the locker next to him slams. Jackson's there. And he goes, where are you getting your juice? And Scott (laughs) looks at him so confused blinks and says my mom does all the grocery shopping <laughs> one of the funniest lines you. of the whole show jackson it starts pressing scott for like he thinks that scott is taking steroids basically which is not a crazy conclusion because scott used to be really really bad at lacrosse and then instantly got really really good
0: yeah that's so it's a little
1: weird scott's like no no i'm not on steroids and he goes are you on steroids <laughs>
0: <laughs> um,
1: which I don't know. You see a teenager who's like that built. You're like, I don't know. Is this normal?
0: Yeah, and he was also super pressed for the information. Yeah. So I feel like that was the other reason he's like, deep, deep. What?
1: But then Jackson's like very threatening. He's like, I know you're hiding something. Like, what's going on? And then Scott finally snaps. He's like, I don't know what's going on. I can, I can hear things I shouldn't hear, and I can do things I shouldn't be able to do, and I have no idea what's happening um it's like telling the truth but then jackson just like thinks that scott's messing with him and he kind of leaves but he's like i'm still suspicious of you like i'm watching you i know something's up So that's just kind of setting up an ongoing throughout the season plot of jackson being suspicious of scott uh, which will definitely continue um, so they go back to lacrosse practice styles uh tries to get scott's attention scott's very excited because he's like this went well for me yesterday i want to do it again um but styles is trying to get his attention because apparently the police uh were investigating the body the dead body and they found wolf hairs on the body Mm. so styles who was doubting before now seems a little bit concerned about this but scott is off he's he's going to practice now uh jackson seems to really have kind of a target on scott like he seems just pissed at the idea of Scott doing well at all they're doing like a scrimmage and then Jackson comes by and he checks he body checks Scott really hard and then Scott gets pissed off and then so the next time he gets the ball he does this crazy little like gymnastics routine he runs all the way down the field he dodges people he jumps over one player and does a little flip and then scores a goal and everyone is like what just happened the coach calls Scott over he's like what the hell was that are you trying out for lacrosse or gymnastics? And Scott's like, I was, I was just trying to make the shot, coach. <laughs> and that coach is like, well, you made it. And also you made first line because that was insane. Yay! <laughs> One of the things I really love about this show later on in the later seasons is some other teens eventually become supernatural creatures and werewolves, not just Scott. So there's several scenes where there's lacrosse games, but many of the players on the field are werewolves. <laughs> So it's just like
0: werewolves going against werewolves on the freaking lacrosse field. It's true. It's really funny. Yeah. And coach is just like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Uh, Like, I don't know why half of my
1: team is suddenly playing better than like Olympian (laughs) athletes. So yeah, uh, Scott's just like really happy. He's like, things are working out for me. So then we yeah. get what I call my Styles research montage. Styles is at home in his bedroom. He starts pulling up internet articles, books and shit about werewolves.
0: Not and to it, bring up Twilight again, but that's was, what this felt like. It was
1: very similar to the scene in Twilight. I won't lie. Scott comes over, you know, to, to hang out with Styles. Like apparently they'd planned this. Um, and Styles is like, Hey, I found some things that are concerning. I think you really might be a werewolf and this is bad. Um, and Scott's like, this that's not a big deal. I'm not a werewolf. That's crazy. But then Styles points out, Okay, you have superpowers, super senses. I've I noticed you don't need your inhaler anymore. You've become crazy good at lacrosse and you got bit by a wolf. So definitely something's going on. Scott does not want to believe it, but Styles says, Um, look, the full moon is tomorrow, and that's when you're probably going to lose control. It's when your bloodlust will be at its peak and you might attack somebody. But Scott says, tomorrow I have a date with Allison. So I'm gonna go to that. And Styles is like, You you shouldn't. You can't. And then Scott gets so mad that he like attacks, he attacks Styles, pins him against the wall, and looks like he's about to really like hurt him. But then he catches himself and then he's like, Oh my god, oh my god, I don't know why I did that. Um it, it's so awkward. He just kind of walks out, he's like, I'm sorry, and then he just walks out. He does not say that he's not gonna go to this party. Um, and then yeah. Styles notices, like, we didn't see claws on Scott, but then there are some claw marks on Styles' chair. And he's like,
0: oh, my God, this is yeah. bad. And I feel like this is this is the fun of a supernatural show on, like, a teen show. Mm-hmm. Scott's like, no, I'm just a normal teen. And I am going out with a pretty girl for the first time ever. So nothing is going to stand in my way. And I love that beat. And it's of believable because mm-hmm. he's 16. Yes, exactly.
1: Um. So yeah, so then we see Scott getting ready, trying to make himself pretty for his date. And his mom comes in. This is Melissa McCall, played by Melissa Ponzio. And she is great. She is in, one of the most valid mothers on television ever. Yeah,
0: in my opinion, like my favorite teen drama mom. Yeah, uh, I have drama to say. Mama.
1: Um, she's great. And she's like, Hey, are you going to a party or are you going on a date? And she seems a little supportive. She's like, okay, you know, just be careful. She hands in the car keys. She goes, wait, do we need to have the talk? And Scott's like, I don't need the safe sex talk mom. And she's like, I meant about filling the car up with gas, not the safe sex talk. No, like, she's like, I am not going to be taking care of a pregnant 16 year old. No, no, no. Um, uh, I also I don't I believe that she's already given him the safe sex talk.
0: Yeah, but she's she maybe she needs to give it
1: again. <laughs> yeah, she is a nurse and she's a very attentive mother, not smothering, just a, the right level of attentive. I would say. Yeah. Um. Uh. So, yeah, I wrote in my notes we love Melissa McCall in this house. Yeah. Um, so Scott goes to pick up Allison. It's very, very first date vibes. They go into this party and there's all these teens around, they're standing around the pool. They're drinking from solo cups. Um, Scott's like dancing with Allison, but he notices Derek Hale is there just kind of standing at the edge of the party, staring at him and he stares back at Derek Hale and Derek Hale stares at him. (laughs) and It's really weird. This Um, is
0: funny. I mentioned, I mentioned this in my silly little euphoria newsletter, that there's always that one person that graduated a few too many years ago that ends up at the party and it's like why are you here this was that
1: yeah i mean in his defense derek had a good reason to be there he did but but for anyone
0: else it's like why is this kid here yeah
1: okay here here is my other weird moment i flagged so you know (laughs) what i'm about to say so scott's dancing with allison and then he looks over and he sees Jackson and Lydia are making out, or more accurately, Jackson is making out with Lydia's neck, and Lydia <laughs> is staring directly at Scott and Allison.
0: I wrote in my notes here. Spoiler: Remember the time Scott and Lydia made out? Because I sure do.
1: Oh yeah, they do have a weird little thing in season it one. It was don't very they?
0: bizarre. Yeah, I think I, remember I being think like, what, what the intent.
1: I think the intent of this moment is that Lydia has noticed Scott's popularity is going up, so she's now mm-hmm. interested in him. It's a it's another thing that feels cliche, mean girl based, and it doesn't feel true to what Lydia's character becomes later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like,
0: I don't know, it's early It's season. the first episode, you know? Yeah, also, it's the first episode. Like but out- you
1: can also very easily read this moment as she is staring at Allison while her boyfriend's <laughs> making out with her. I'm just going to throw it out there.
0: I would also like to point out that this gives off similar vibes to the oc once again where summer instead of being into seth is like a little into ryan at the beginning because she's like oh you you want the shiny new
1: thing and then they then they get to know each other better and they realize oh there's nothing there
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that's okay yes
1: um also just like she had this like super like dead eye the look in her face yeah like, it was, was like
0: creepy <laughs> i didn't remember that moment and then i was like huh
1: it's not not giving compat that's <laughs> <sad>. um <laughs> so then anyway a bit later in the party uh so the full moon is out and scott starts to feel weird um his like he's starting to like lose control he's going, starting to feel funny things are going blurry and he realizes at that point that he should probably leave so he kind of stumbles out of this party, like like freaking out more and more. People try and ask him if he's okay, but he just leaves. He just drives away. Like Allison follows him out. Like, what is going on? Are you okay? He he yeah. can't even really answer because he's losing it so much and he just drives home. Um, So as he drives away, Derek approaches Allison. He says, hi, Al- are you Allison? I'm a friend of Scott's. And that's all we see. And it's like, what is, what is this guy going to do with Allison? That doesn't yeah. seem great. So then Scott's at home in his bedroom. He sees the full moon. He goes to the shower. He like sits in the bathtub with the shower on trying to calm himself down. And he looks so stressed. Like you feel so bad for him. He's really selling the, like the pain, like, and then claws start growing out of his fingernails. Fangs start growing out of his mouth and his eyes go yellow. Styles shows up and he's at Scott's bedroom door but Scott kind of stays inside. He's like keeping the door mostly closed cuz he's turning into a monster right now. But then Styles says like Scott's like I think I know who the werewolf is. Uh but like is Allison okay? He's very he's very concerned about Allison. And Styles is like yeah, she's totally fine. Um I think Derek Hale took her home. But then Scott says I think Derek hale is the werewolf but so he freaks out he loses it completely he jumps out of his bedroom window and by the time he lands on the ground he looks up and he has gone completely wolf mode um his face they put some kind of prosthetics on their face it's kind of like the vampires in buffy not indicating exactly and then they also have some extra like facial hair and so he has gone wolfy and he runs off into the woods then styles is like oh shit like i should go Try and find Allison too. So Scott is fully running through the woods, uh, like a werewolf, looking for Derek. Styles goes to Allison's house and he rings the doorbell and he's like, "Hello." Uh, Allison's mom answers. She is not one of the best moms in television. No, say
0: that. maybe one of the worst.
1: <laughs> There's a lot of competition for worst, but yeah, she's it's true. she's up there. She's
0: yeah.
1: I mean, she loves her daughter, but she just does some bad choices we don't know that yet we see we see mrs argent who honestly she's serving a great look she's got this like close cropped bright red hair like it works for her and styles is like oh hello um i am a friend of allison's and this is weird i don't know how to say this he's like stumbling over his words and she's just like i don't have time for this shit she's like allison spoiler alert allison is home and she and Styles sees her and he's like oh okay she's fine uh, meanwhile, Scott's running through the woods looking for her because he thinks Derek is a werewolf and has Allison in the woods. And then he like follows her scent. He finds her jacket like hanging mm-hmm. from a tree. Derek clearly like tried to lead Scott here with the scent. Derek's like, she is safe. Don't worry. Um, I took her away to make her safe from you. Um, and then Derek pins Scott to the ground because there are some sounds. It's like someone else is out there in the woods. And then Derek just says, you need to run from them. So some other people appear in the woods and they are werewolf hunters they have crossbows and they start shooting and one of them shoots an arrow that goes like through scott's arm and like pins him to a tree so he can't run away then the other wolfy thing the giant giant wolf that bit scott appears and that starts attacking the hunters so that distracts them Derek goes to save scott and they kind of make it away and Derek is like, hey, yeah, you got to be careful about those werewolf hunters. They are a thing. They've been hunting us for centuries. Scott's like, I don't, I don't want any of this. But Derek tells him the bite is a gift. Um, it's a gift. And you will come to realize that in time. Once you learn to like, get control, like, you will be very happy. And like, other people would kill for this, which is true. He says, Scott's like, I don't want it. But Derek says, you will. Uh, and you'll need me to control it. We're brothers now. And also I noted I noted that Scott says something like you did this to me earlier in that conversation and Derek doesn't actually correct him. But also Scott saw the giant wolfy thing and it was not Derek. So he should come to that conclusion on his own that Derek is not the one who bit him.
0: Yeah, well I mean like maybe he thinks that maybe he thinks that Derek has that other form. Oh, he could also something. do that
1: too. Yeah, maybe. So, yeah. yeah, so I guess Scott doesn't really know if Derek bit him or not. And I guess I am slightly revealing to you guys that Derek is not the one <laughs> yeah. that hit Scott. Well... I think you find out in like episode two, like you find it out pretty early on. That's not a big spoiler. So Scott's like, I guess I kind of need this guy to tell me about werewolf stuff. I don't know. Uh, but Scott's walking home um, and Styles comes to pick him up in the Jeep. Scott is mostly not concerned about the werewolf stuff. He mostly just wants to know if Allison's going to hate him forever for leaving this party. And Styles is like, maybe you just apologize. But then we also get a beat of like Styles basically says like he's going to stick by Scott no matter what. He'll help him on the full moon. He doesn't care that he's a werewolf. We're still friends. And
0: like, Best that was friends. really cute. Best friends for life
1: so then the next day at school Scott does apologize to Allison you know he does his best but he's like I can't explain why I had to leave he should have just said he got sick yeah I guess he like, doesn't want to lie but it wouldn't really be a lie I mean
0: he was kind of sick
1: yeah or I think That's- he says like he's like I came down with something
0: um which he did anthropy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah and she's a little bit like this is weird that you're not giving me a real explanation but he's like please will you trust me and give me another chance and it's another moment that again he only pulls it off because he's so earnest and she's like okay yeah i'll give you another chance okay and it's total victory for scott things like it seems like things might work out but then allison's like i gotta go my dad is here to pick me up and her dad gets out of the car and her dad is one of the werewolf hunters that shot scott
0: um, and if you don't speak French, this is an excellent reveal. Yes. Um, if as someone speak- that does not speak French, yeah. this was an excellent reveal. Yeah,
1: it's a great way to end the pilot because it makes you question what's going to happen next. Like, it sets up the essential, con- like, there's the one conflict of, like, he's a werewolf and doesn't know how to control it. But it sets mm-hmm. up the, basically, the, the ongoing can't ever really be solved conflict, which is he likes this girl whose dad is a werewolf hunter who wants to kill him. Yeah. Um, so yes, if you don't speak French, Argent, I'm not going to pronounce it in the French pronunciation, but it, it means silver and silver, you know, kills werewolves. So yeah, Allison's family is like a long, long standing tradition of werewolf hunters. And it becomes a very, very, uh, good conflict in the series. Yeah. You There's a lot the of Argents. You meet a lot of the them. whole
0: crazy family. <laughs> it's so interesting.
1: I mean, they're horrible,
0: but they're great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Uh, they're really I think they're really interesting villains
1: and that's how the pilot ends and I think it's yeah I I I think this was a really solid pilot because like I said it services both the supernatural arc we get Scott realizing he's a werewolf and like realizing it's going to be a journey to figure it out but it might be a good thing Mm -hmm. um we get the enough of the teen beats you know he gets his little victory about he gets his victory with lacrosse, but then there's the ongoing suspicion that Jackson, Jackson knows something is up with him. He gets his victory with Allison, but there's obviously going to be these problems because her dad is a werewolf hunter. It's a really good setup for the different threads of the series and showing what the ongoing conflicts will be.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I like that Derek is kind of set up as like the creepy dude that just keeps showing up in the shadows and then he turns out to be actually like the only one that scott can turn to because he's the only one that gets it and like styles is going to try and learn about it but styles isn't a werewolf so like he doesn't actually super know how to help scott you know so he has there's this person that he doesn't super trust that he has to kind of trust in this very bizarre scenario which is i think is an interesting dynamic here's Um, the Scott
1: Derek would make more sense
0: than Stiles, Derek. All right. Are we? Can, can we talk about it now? Can we speak I think, about
1: it? Haven't we talked about Steric in some other episode before? I really think we have. Well,
0: I don't remember. but I think I we talked about it in, it in the again.
1: Supernatural episode and then cut it out because it wasn't relevant.
0: Probably. Because um, I, I cut that one down a lot, actually. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I think
1: Scott and Allison were the most compelling dynamic for me, which is it's rare for me that the like main boy and girl couple is the most compelling couple me on
0: a yeah. show I I liked Scott and Allison as well but I also like once Allison was gone I also really liked Scott and Kira too I, did I too. think just because I liked Kira too. I also think I just liked Kira the most like she was kind of my favorite next to Styles once she arrived
1: listen um, when Kira left too and then they threw when they threw Scott and Malia together because they were just the only people left <laughs> I that, was like packing I it in boys watching
0: I stopped watching by then also because oh, I no, I watched all the later left. seasons
1: like a couple years ago that's why I know it I did not watch I've never either. gotten back
0: to them They're I kind of want to watch the finale just out of context yeah. um so I might do that soon um I'll be yeah. so confused um I also have to say as someone that on paper I feel like I should really like Styles and Lydia given what I like I don't really like it
1: Here's my thing about them. I wanted to like it in the first few seasons because I liked both the characters and I enjoyed their Mm -hmm. interactions. I think they have genuine, real friend chemistry. Like a really good friend chemistry. I don't, it doesn't feel sexual whatsoever.
0: I think my thing is, my thing is like after a while, Sid Styles is my favorite. That's, there's no question Mm -hmm. there. And I feel like after a while, I just like felt bad but it felt like Lydia was kind of stringing him along. And I was yeah, like, oh, that I too." better for you.
1: The one thing I really liked that I was mentioning, how, like Lydia in this episode feels very, very one note and cliche, but a few episodes into season one that they expand on her a little bit and she felt less tropey. One thing I really liked is that they establish in like an early episode. She's a fucking genius
0: yeah and <laughs> She's it's like the same where she and Styles yeah. are like up at the board together yeah. <laughs> and she solves the thing before him and I was yeah. like oh that's
1: great and then <laughs> she just like drops the chalk
0: I feel like though I did find though I did really enjoy the show at the beginning I feel like the reason that I kind of fell off is because the lore got way too confusing yeah
1: yeah here's the thing I can say now I found a quote from Jeff Davis from like around the time of season one of someone asking him because like this is a fairly natural question for season one of a show about werewolves people were asking are there going to be vampires because like vampires and werewolves often do go hand in hand in a lot of universes so he said no we're not gonna do that like this was at the time there was a lot of other vampire shows I mean there still are but at that time there really was he was like that was the twilight moment he said we might expand the lore we might add other creatures but we're never going to do vampires unless ask me in five years when I've run out of ideas to his credit they never did add vampires. They added a bunch of other bizarre shit that I can't even keep track of. To me, it was doable when they brought it in small doses, when they brought it gradually. Cause like mm-hmm. season two, they introduce the Kanima and they explain very carefully yeah. what that is and how it works. And it's the one thing you have to digest all season. Yeah. And then there's also the mystery of what's going on with Lydia, but that's just a mystery. Season three was also doable. They introduced mm-hmm. Banshee and uh, Kitsune and Nogitsune. kitsune. But then in season four, they suddenly add like 50 more creatures all at once. They are not Mm -hmm. clearly defined. It's a billion new characters that are all coming in. It's like you have no fucking idea what's going on anymore. And it's not really, it's not thematically tied together. It's just all these bizarre different creatures and you don't know why.
0: I think the thing that works about the, like the creatures that they introduce in the early seasons is that it kind of, not necessarily exactly the same but it kind of functions the way a big bad does even though they're not yeah. necessarily all bad yeah it's like we get kind of the establishment of it and the whole season is and like you have to, up to learn to about it
1: you have mm-hmm. to learn about it because in season two it's who is the Canima? the Canima is killing people we have to learn how the Canima works and figure out who it is and it's not their fault but we have to stop it um yeah. and season three they need to learn this the second half of season three. They need to learn what the kitsune is, more about Kitsune in general um and how do we stop it and so you get attached to it, you get invested as the characters also learn more about it. Season four, the ongoing plot season four it's just bad like there isn't really a a big there's several villains in season four. And the ongoing plot is there's like this death pool. Nobody knows who organized it, but somebody is sponsoring a death pool for any bounty hunter who wants to kill random fantasy creatures. And they all have different bounties. So like on the one hand, they were like, oh, we need to add more creatures so they can be killed. So they can be targets. It got so confusing and hard to keep track of. It's like, now there's where jaguars. Now there's hellhounds. Now there's fucking like- berserker bone people and none oh, of them were like those none of them were actually explained in any of the depth I would have liked it if we had learned slowly more about these things but I still couldn't tell you how a were jaguar is different than a werewolf
0: yeah also like were coyote we had one of those oh that was
1: so stupid it was just it gl- she literally was a werewolf like
0: yeah there I was, was like, no difference get it well,
1: why is it different I don't know I just don't... say she's a lone werewolf
0: yeah it was like make it make sense
1: yeah it really went off the rails like seasons one to three were honestly pretty tight like not i don't know not tight but like they had arcs that made sense and then like four through six is just like they added new creatures they were losing main cast members they were just making up new shit that was like creepy and weird but it didn't really hang together as like a full season arc it's too bad when shows declined, but like it gave a solid run. And evidently other people were still watching it for the later seasons that kept getting renewed.
0: My brain can't picture anything good. Yeah. Frankly.
1: So and like what would I want out of a Teen Wolf movie? Like Literally, that's the only thing I could think I'm like Scott and Allison getting to reconcile if she is alive. Like the
0: annoying thing is I want styles, which is why this isn't interesting yeah. to me.
1: I'm like, do I even would it do I even want Scott and Allison to get back together? Like she'd been dead for years. Would they
0: even work yeah. together? And then didn't he end up with Malia?
1: Yeah, because she was the
0: only other one left that had been there for more than one season. <laughs> this is wild. I remember. Um, I saw on Twitter they like announced. And so instead of since Tyler Hecklin's not coming back, they announced a character. So instead of Derek, it's Derek's son. And I was like, "What is this?"
1: Anyway, any any other thoughts on Teen Wolf?
0: Did Scott's mom and Styles' mom, Styles' dad, ever get together? Oh, I can't remember. I, oh, I, wanted, I wanted, them wanted them to, to. so
1: badly they might have in the final season because here's remember. the thing I
0: remember around where I left off watching I remember that Styles's dad asked someone out on a date but it was Lydia's mom
1: and oh, I was yeah. so mad yeah that was weird
0: I was angry that's that's like, literally like upset. exactly
1: when Charles Boyle's dad and Gina's mom get together <laughs> on <laughs> Brooklyn Nine-Nine it's literally the same situation
0: I remember being so confused. I was like, when there's another mom right there that he clearly likes better, I was lost.
1: I can't find a conclusive answer right now. In my head, in my head, they get together.
0: Yeah, because that's the only thing that makes logical sense to me. They could have had
1: a little sexy little arc where like they were dating, but they wanted to keep it secret from their sons. They didn't want to make it
0: weird for them. That would have been amazing. I would have eaten that up.
1: It it could have been so great like that they don't do a lot of like parent plot lines on like Gossip Girl or some of those other shows but like that, oh, that I, I have would eaten have eaten that up
0: I would have been so you know, into that know who's yeah. a
1: dilf though I just need to say this Chris Argent you're correct he really shines as Chris Argent too because it's a character that you so easily could hate but he yeah. makes you not hate the character. It's and true. You feel conflicted. You feel conflicted about it, which is another. You know, I feel like that's a sign of a good character when you feel conflicted.
0: Yeah. That's um, so very... sad
1: when he has to watch his daughter die and then just. Oh,
0: that was so upsetting. Keep going. That was so upsetting. Oh no, no, that's something I could never bring myself to watch again. You know, I'm sorry.
1: Okay, here's here's my here's my food for thought. Given that they were hemorrhaging young cast members, like they kept cycling out the teens. Why would they never think to, and they kept adding like freaking more werewolves, were coyotes, whatever. Why didn't they add another teen, Argent? Could be a cousin. Get Hmm. us another teen, Argent, another teen, Hunter. That would have been interesting so that Chris would have had a younger person to interact with. We could have had another teen in the gang that was like not, didn't have to have some other special powers. Jeff Davis, what gives?
0: Yeah, the way that we're thinking of great plots that really would have been so. Why good. weren't
1: we at that writers room when we were 17?
0: <laughs> oh, how aggravating. Missed <laughs> opportunities all around. Yeah. And I think that's I feel like that's another reason that I feel like the adults are kind of underutilized on Teen yeah. because I feel like I mean, my dad watched this show, but I don't know any other like adults that were watching it at the time that it was out. But I yeah. feel as though But that's just because that's, like, what my dad likes to watch is his cup of tea. Um, I'm developing
1: a thesis now. Maybe I could write about this for the newsletter. I think this is honestly almost the same as, like, the Pen15 effect. Um, Mm. Sometimes it's better to cast adults in young roles. It requires suspension of disbelief. Pen15 is just, like, the heightened version of it. But, like, because it's a safer way to tell certain stories, that would not be good to tell with teens. Like... A lot of the shows like Gossip Girl, like a lot of teen shows put teen characters through some pretty bad things that you wouldn't necessarily want teen actors to have to act. Yeah. So I don't think it's, I think it's good if there are some shows that are aimed at young teens and have teens for them to watch and truly relate to, especially shows on lighter topics like Julie and the Phantoms. Great example. I love yeah, that or like that High actually High School does musical, have. Yeah.
0: The musical the series.
1: I think that should be one space, and I think it's also okay that there's another space of like the drama shows that have adults yeah. playing teens because I think it's more practical and safer in some ways.
0: Yeah, and there, those are like, for like for example, like Euphoria is telling a completely different story than mm-hmm. anything that Julie and the Phantoms or like The Babysitter's yeah. yeah. Club, yeah, or a high school musical, musical series, whatever do you yeah. know? I think and, both like, should exist for different people- reasons. Yeah, and the same people are not necessarily watching both of those, you know? Yeah.
1: I think we solved it. I think we solved the discourse, Kara. <laughs> wow. I think, we're, I think there's never going to be discourse on the internet about that yeah. again.
0: We're very smart.
1: <laughs> and we're also super off topic. So we <laughs> will wrap up. But um, nice. end result is you should watch Teen Wolf. I keep telling people to watch Teen Wolf and they don't believe me because I understand it sounds like it's a dumb show it sounds dumb but it's actually the first three seasons if you like shows like Buffy you will like it
0: I have been because Dylan O'Brien is going to be is in a bunch of movies this year um I keep mentioning him to like people that I go to school with and most everyone goes who and I have to be like you didn't watch Teen Wolf um, and then I tell them to watch Teen Wolf, and they also don't believe me. There's only like one other person in my cohort that watched Teen Wolf, but like she gets it. Um,
1: I'm yeah. gonna have to put some people at gunpoint. <laughs> Frankly, we're um, so serious. No, we're not we serious are? about the gunpoint, Kara.
0: Oh, no, I meant the, I meant about watching Teen Wolf. <laughs> don't say that right after I said holding people at gunpoint. I wasn't listening. We want to hear from you now. If you have any thoughts about the Teen Wolf pilot you'd like to share with us or suggestions for shows we should watch, you can email us at it'sinmycupod at gmail.com.
1: And if you want to prepare for the next episode discussion with us, the next pilot you will be watching is The Americans. Go ahead and watch or rewatch that episode so you'll be ready for our thoughts on it next time. If you want to hear our TV thoughts that go beyond the pilot, don't forget to check out our newsletter at itsinmyq.substack.com for our thoughts and TV news straight in your inbox every Friday.
0: And if you like what you heard, please rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends to listen. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at inmyqpod, or on our personal Twitters,
1: I am at Adina Terrific.
0: and I'm at Kara underscore Powell. Thanks for listening, and we hope we've helped you clear out your queue.